Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Such a gifted church. This morning was ridiculous. The house was full. We're running out of seats. There's, there's more kids than what we bargained for. And um, please pray that we, we do finish the car park. The council are on to us about that. We're raising $1,000 gifts uh, designated. In, uh, can you just put those bank details up again? Uh, most of the church give online. Thank God for that. Helps budget the church. Um, and uh, we need to finish that car park, guys. Uh, I've got special needs people that need to be able to wheel their stuff in. And, and then mothers with prams, they need to be able to have smooth pavements. And uh, put it into the... Uh, no, 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 put it into the main account. The, 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 the $1,000 love offering for the driveway. Or whatever you can do. But put that into the main account. And then we're going to put that aside. Pardon? And write it down, what it's for, so it doesn't get swallowed, so it doesn't pay for that or pay for something else. And we need to raise 20 grand by the end of this month, and I appreciate all your heart towards that. Amen? Before council bounces, really bounces. It's supposed to be finished. It's supposed to be finished in September, and uh, we, need to, we need to do that. Um, I'd love to give context. So this message is called, that, that's great, Soul Detox. And um, I really believe in this message. It's a powerful message. And so this morning I talked about, um, yeah, I talked about basically what the heart is. Can I do that again tonight? About what the heart is. You really need to understand, you really need to understand what your heart is about. Now, when I say heart, I, I mean soul. Your soul is your heart. It's used to... You know, um, in the Bible, like that. So your soul is your mind, your mind, your decisions, and your and and your will, and your emotions. So what is the soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's really, it's man, it's everything. It's the center of your life, and it's everything that you are. It, it lands everything into your life. Say, okay, I'm I'm going into analogy. Uh, I see a flight tower, and uh, I, I see those flight tower guys with their mic, you bring it in, yeah, and the planes come in. That is your soul. It's bringing in the good, and it's saying, the other stuff, go by. Uh, we don't want you. Go. Just find somewhere else to land. Uh, you know, sin is like that. Temptation is like that. You can't stop the birds flying over your hair, but you can stop them from landing in your, in your hair. You can stop them from roosting in your hair. Amen? You can't stop the birds flying over and even doing other stuff too. But, yeah. but um, you certainly can stop them from landing into your life. So the context of the message, soul detox, is about, I guess, presenting your heart. David said, create in me a clean heart. David was brutally honest with God. He blew it. He, he had someone murdered because he wanted to go out with Bathsheba. Amen? You remember? He 
took the husband out, said, put that husband on the front line. And, and of course, on the front line, a lot of the guys didn't make it. And of course, Uriah was killed on the front line. David did that purposefully. Amen? And so he really blew it. And I could tell you more stories how he blew it. And, um, but he always went back to God, creating me a clean heart God. Try and listen to this message to the best of your ability. If you have someone distracting you right now, one of the, one of the greatest things that is happening on the planet is the spirit of distraction. Say distraction. Say distraction again. Say, am I being distracted? Lord, am I being distracted in my pursuit of you? Say that. When you're in a church meeting, it's not just a talking man. It's, it's truth and grace. Grace is the empowering presence of God. Now, now, okay, let's make some excuses. If you're unsaved, you may not feel the, the, the grace of God. That means the presence of God. Because when you are saved and open up your heart, you can feel God. Amen? When you're unsaved, although God is omnipresent, meaning that guy that is maybe at the pub right now and he's sad and lonely and he might even be crying into his beard. God is trying to get to him. He feels that. Uh, You know what I'm saying? He's unsaved, he's unchurched, but he's crying into his beard. That's the omnipresence of God. God is desperately reaching out to to mankind, amen? So no one is excluded, but in the context of church, There's truth, the Word of God, which I'll speak in the moment, and then there's grace that helps the Word of God into your heart. Amen? It's the empowering presence of God. Grace is your best friend. When you go to heaven, you're going to be amazed at how much grace was available for you, to forgive you, to bless you, to empower you, all right? Okay. Why I say that... Because if you're in a meeting, a connect group, a church service, and someone is preaching, don't assume that this is a secular meeting where it's just information being spoken from a talking head. It is God utilizing the man or woman of God, and Julia just did so well this morning, but last week and every time you get up there, it's magnificent. (laughs) That's going to keep me in good stead all week. You know what I'm saying? I know what it's about, guys. But every time she gets up, do you feel the presence of God? It's magnificent. Julie hasn't been to Bible college. She doesn't have a certificate. But she preaches better than some people who have been to, you know, have got big qualifications. She preaches and the Holy Spirit, the grace of God comes along with it and it touches hearts. I've got guys that I don't know if he's here tonight, Darcy, he's been all around the world, he's done missions and he's one of our great guys, Darcy from C3, Oxford Falls. And uh, he says, your wife, Pastor Julie, is one of the best preachers that I've heard ever. I can't understand why she's not preaching to the multitudes and thousands and, and whatever, 
But it's, it's the truth, but it's the grace. Those who have been forgiven much, you know what I mean, have, have, have this grace. If you just, have a, you just give God a little bit of your, your, your stuff, and you're just, just a little bit forgiven, th- there's not a lot of oomph in that. But if you really lay down, on your, if you're a lay down lover of Christ, we call it. And Julie, I've seen Julie spend more time on the altar, on the altar, especially in the early days. But um, it was crazy. Every meeting we'd go, Julie did altar time. And, and, and just asking God, create in me a clean heart. All right? I believe in soul detox. I go on a fast around January, 21 days, and I start it like this. I do three, four days on water, and I break the back of the appetite that rules your life and can rule your life in a soulish way. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you put food on the altar of your life, okay, so we get saved. We pull everything off the, of the, the throne of our life, I should say. Everything should come off that throne. Everything. Money, sex, food, all these other things that you seemingly worship because we're all born to worship. And if you're not worshiping God with all your heart, you will worship something. Some, some people, especially girls, worship romance. They're just weeping about it, crying about it, thinking about it. <laughs> this is going to be hard to take, I know. This is, this is, this is all right. This is all right. <laughs> But listen, a, a bit of romance is great, but if you were ruled by that, if you were ruled, if you're letting your emotions get away from you, if it dictates your will, if, if you can't think properly about God, worship Him with all your heart, because you're thinking about Johnny Blue down here or Susie, Susie Blue. <laughs> I don't know, Susie Q? Okay, we'll use that one. You, you, you have not fully relinquished your heart unto Christ. And, and, okay, so there's small idols. Okay, so I'm just shooting by, is this okay? Given context, because I gave a lot of scripture this morning, but I'll, I'll round it up with some scripture. Then I'll take you through the mechanics of your heart. Why you need to have your heart uncluttered. Why you need to, there's a Bowie uh, song, it's in, on the Ziggy Stardust album, and he says in it, Yeah, and he says on it, my brain hurts like a warehouse. I have no room to spare. Some people's brains and souls and hearts are so cluttered, it's like my garage, man. All I can fit in it now is what I can put on the top shelf or bury somewhere in a corner. My bike, my precious bike has got eskies on it, tent, (laughs) camping gear, Dad, Gemma says to me, what are you doing with the bike now? I said, no, it's all right. I can get that bike out. I mean, I have to pull everything off. But our heart can be cluttered with idols. Our heart can be cluttered with carnal stuff. Our heart can be cluttered with toxic stuff, meaning 
things that have happened to you, the hurts that you've suffered through relationships, disappointments, whatever, your heart can be toxic through life experience. It can happen. Your heart can be toxic through sin. The sin, the things that you say, your heart can be made toxic. By, I'm going to prove that through the words of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it says in the Bible that you are to protect your heart for out of it flow the issues of life, meaning flow the entirety of your life. Meaning when you go to present yourself to your future husband or future wife, that seemingly you can't give them all your heart. And this is, this is the unfortunate thing that happens in marriages, that wives cry out for all the heart you know, in men, and men because they are who they are, they, they, and women are the same too. Men are crying out for the women to give them all their heart. But God is crying out even more for your heart to be presented to him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love him. There's energy in that, see? There's passion in that. You know, just like when I approached Julie, I didn't go, Julie, I really like you. No, I was, man, wow. Yeah. How long have you been here? You know, wow, you doing anything tonight? Uh, wow. You know, boom, 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 boom. There's passion towards God. The thermometer... Take out the thermometer of your heart, take out the thermometer out of your heart and see how it is. If it's lacking love for God and for people, you know something is askew. You know that you've been corrupted, maybe, that, that somehow you have toxicity in your body, causing you not to give your whole heart to God. Your whole heart, you're reserved, you second guess people, you're not, you're not reckless with your love, you're very calculated with your love. Every person you meet, you weigh up, you measure, and you give them only what you think you can trust to give them. Christians are more bold than that and more confident. They will give their heart, they will give their heart, and I know you've got to be sensible as a woman or a guy, you've got to be sensible, but still... You can be brazenly loving to any old scallywag, trust me. You've got to hold that line and dignify them. And this is my testimony of being in Mount Penang juvenile justice system with all the guys that were really dispositioned by a lot of negativity and, and grudges against authority, grudges against the world, grudges against God. But I found love breaks through that if you hold that line and keep presenting yourself as friendly, likable, and you love on them and let the agape love, the unconditional love of God flow, love breaks through. Amen? Amen? So, but you only can do that if you've got a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, Lord God. Renew in me a right spirit. Is this good? So, there's a war. You were born into a war as a born-again Christian. You were born into a war. 
you were sitting on the fence before you got saved. You didn't want to know about the spiritual war, although it's still against you. But when you got saved, you're still born into the war. That's spiritual warfare right there. One of the key things you've got to do as a born-again believer, you've got to protect your heart. God, there's a war over your heart. There's a war over our children's hearts. That's why children's ministry is so... Chris, who's done children's ministry at Oxford Falls for, for years and years out, we salute you because you go into bat for parents and for the church and for God and, and you still that storm and you give them instruction from the Word of God to tell them God is good. And because even our little kids now have been indoctrinated with atheism and humanism and all the isms you can, Islam even, because we heard a story anyway. Um, so what, what we understand is that there is a war even over our young children. Such an injustice. When I was a kid, we lived in a culture when that war wasn't so prevalent. People went to church on Sundays. People didn't swear out in public. There wasn't crime on the TV. You wouldn't have watched a thousand murders, you know, watching the cartoons on a, on a, on a, on a weekday in the afternoon. You know, you just wouldn't. Now, we're desensitized a lot by the multimedia that's hitting us every day. The media, the movies. We're desensitized to crime, to murder. We're desensitized to, we, we, we think... The truth is the lie, and the lie is the truth. But the Bible says in Amos that the Word of God is the plumb line. And the plumb line is an apparatus that the Egyptians used. Even the early skyscrapers in New York. Yeah. So that is a very heavy brass pointed pointed, heavy object with string, podcast listeners, I'm holding this up, and when I hold this up, the Bible says in Amos that this word of God, no matter what the culture tells you, who's heard of cultural wars? There's a war between the Jesus culture and the culture that even Australia now is purporting this human, secular especially, culture that no God, we don't want prayer in Parliament House, we don't want God in the schools, we don't want chaplaincy in the schools, we don't want that, we want our chaplains to be secular, we, want, we, we don't want SRE teaching in the schools, we don't want God in our government, we don't want God in our society, do you know what I'm saying? This is what we're growing up with, so there's a culture war. Now, the Bible says that holding the plumb line next to your life, so here's me, my life, living in you, Lord, what is true and what is not? Now, when I hold that still, that is absolutely vertical. They used to hang this in the middle of the, um, the elevator shaft in tall skyscrapers, in New York, when they used to build the skyscrapers, they would hold, and cathedrals, they would dangle that down, and where that, if I was to let that 
drop, that's the center. And that building cannot move this way, that way, any way. It's got to be built straight up and down. Now, the Bible says that plumb line is the Word of God. Amen? So if I'm leaning this way, Tara, please, if I'm leaning that way, something has gone drastically wrong. If I see a Christian walking to me and they're walking to me like, I, I believe this is true, man. You are, you are not right, man. Let me just put the problem line down beside you. I believe that's true. Friend, I hate to say it, but see that plumb line, see the Word of God, you're out of order. You, you're leaning away from God. See, so that, that, at the end of the day, is our measure of what is right and what is wrong, not what the culture tells you. All right? So whatever is happening in those music videos, no matter what happens in the, in the, even in the latest blockbusters, and no matter what even society is telling you, ask yourself, is it really right? And if you have a conscience, and if your conscience has been open to God and His heart for truth, you will know, and you can develop this after a while. Otherwise, your, your conscience can be seared that I think it's right. Well, if you honestly think that that is right, that sin that you are participating in, if you think that's right, unfortunately, the Bible says, your conscience is seared. And that's not a good day. Why? Because the Holy Spirit cannot lead you cannot speak to you. One of the key ways is the faculty of our conscience is that God can speak to you through your conscience. Where someone might say, you know what, I just don't think that's right. And that, my friend, may be enough to save your life. I can't tell you why I think like that, but that's just the way. Because God has given you a conscience, a clear conscience. That's why it says in the scripture that we... Pursue a clear conscience. That's awesome, isn't it? Frank made me that. Where's Frank? There he is. Thanks, Frank. Finally used it. I've had it for about 10 years and I've never used it yet. That's all right. Everyone gets their day. (laughs) No, I haven't, Bill. Isaiah 55, verse 10. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud, and flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. There's power in the word of God. One of the key ways that again I, I fast, I go on three, four days water, break the back of the appetite, and then I go on a juice diet. I'm not talking about commercial juice. I'm talking about put it in the special uh, juicer. And I, I live on juice for the remainder until 21 days is up. And that juice and that diet cleanses me of all toxins. Toxin comes from this word, which is what they used to put on the end of arrows, on the tips of arrows. That if when they pulled the arrow back with the poison on it and they shot someone, the poison would be inflicted upon that person, they would die. That's actually what... Satan does through words and incidences and you know things that happen to us. He deliberately points that 
arrow, with the poison, with the toxin that you'll take into your heart, and he sends it your way. That's why we've got to have the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. Because there's things purposed against your life that have caused you to be infected with a toxin that has corrupted you and caused you now to malfunction in an area of your life. They can be very deliberate. It can happen through relationships. It can happen by words you speak. Wow. Addictions, sins. Psalm 119, verse 89. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And of course, we had the Amos 7, 7, the plumb line. Love it. Our hearts can be deceived. Absolutely true. Um, one of the key scriptures, Proverbs 4.23, NIV. I need that. Okay, I'm just going to squash it down now and get to, the, get to the... Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. If you've got stuff buried in your life, this, this, this word spring is not used in every translation. Uh, give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. Can you do the NIV for me? I'll have that... I'll have this one back later, but if you can give me the NIV, the NIV says, out of, out of the abundance of your heart, the issues of life flow. So all your actions, all that you are, all that you say, how you respond, come out of the heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. All right, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, your will, your mind, your emotions, everything, how you respond to life flows out of your heart. If your life is being banged up, you're hurt, you're distrustful and, and you've been wounded and, and stuff is, you know, you've taken in those toxins, that's how you will, that's what you will present. Now go back to the other one, thank you. But this version says, keep your heart with, this is the NK, New King James Version, uh, Proverbs 4.23, that's for the podcast guys, I keep forgetting. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Be careful how much of your heart you give away to people, especially in young relationships. Here's my heart. Well, unfortunately, you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life until Jesus really does a number on you and heals you and blesses you because it can be very complicated when you meet the real person, the love of your life, and you've got this baggage. We call that baggage, all right? Everyone's heard of that? Excuse me, I'm bringing in some bags. It's saying, oh, I don't want any bags in this room. Sorry, they just come. Well, I can't help it. They just follow me around, these bags. I don't know what it is. I just can't help it. No, they, they leave them out. of it. No, I can't help it. They're just staying with me. And, and that's what happens. And bags get unpacked in relationships and marriages break down and it's a sad thing. But Jesus can heal us of that baggage. Jesus can heal us if we're honestly asking forgiveness. Create in me a clean heart, Lord God a willing spirit to be real with you. Cleanse my heart. I'm honestly, and God can supernaturally heal your heart, cleanse your heart with hyssop, it says. I think it's in Psalm 51. Cleanse my heart. And that can happen. This is the power of God's word. It's beautiful. But if you've got stuff that is welling up on the inside of you, pain, hurt, unforgiveness, woundedness, it can, like a spring, it can bubble up and spring out. Haven't you been with people, all of a sudden they just spring out at you some real ugly stuff, amen? You know, you go, whoa, where did that come from? Well, that's the pressure of toxins. It's like a boil, man. It can just get you and it, 
You ever had one, someone squeeze a pimple on you, a boil, and it goes everywhere? Ah, oh, yuck, bad imagery, bad imagery, sorry. Too much information, it's never happened to me. A toxin is a dangerous substance that can cause harm to the body or even death. If we fail to detox the soul, negative soul-destructive forces will continue to surface through the emotions, thoughts, decisions, and behavior. It will bleed into thoughts, decisions, and behavior, toxins. And I did say toxin comes from the Greek word toxicon, which refers to an archer taking aim and then shooting a poison arrow. This is exactly what the enemy does. He aims at the heart, mind, and then shoots his destructive, unhealthy thoughts. Ephesians 6.16, above all else, taking the shield of faith with which he will be able to extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen? So the heart in the Hebrew, the heart is the basis for your for your mind, your will, your emotions. It's the center of your life, amen? Now I'm gonna really start to get some stuff done here. So detox, I guess the purpose of the detox message is that all those areas that are affected in your life, we detox you of that. We believe that it can happen. The good news, it can happen. Um, Let's go down to what, see what Jesus talks about the heart. Let's do that, Luke 6.45. Sorry, guys, at the multimedia, but I'm, is, that, is this cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, the key scripture, write it down, have your Bibles. Get, this, is the mo, this is powerful wisdom. If you understand this, this will sort your life, this will sort out your life for life, amen? Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart. Watch over it with all diligence. Watch what you... Look at, watch what you take in. Be diligent. Don't receive anything from the TV set. Don't receive anything from what someone might say to you, cuss you out, mock you, mock your God. Don't receive that. Run away from it. If you've got people around mocking God, Antichrist spirit, which is prevalent, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that rule in the heavenly realms and affect our culture. And we've got a culture where... Being born again, saved Christian, is not the, the standard anymore. And we got people out there voicing that opinion. I recommend distancing yourself from those people. They can affect you. They can poison you. Trust me, it's getting that ridiculous out there. Principalities and powers affecting people, coming against you and your God. And if you're not up to it, I can take it. Uh, yeah, but but I'm tr- if, you, if you're not in God, if your whole life is not in Christ, and if you've got idols, you've got toxins, and your heart is divided against God, you're not sure if you're in, out, in, out, you know, and you come across some of these principalities and powers, they can take you out. And all of a sudden, you're out of church, you're out of God, you're out of the will of God. Don't muck around with that stuff. There's professional atheists out there. They're very intelligent and articulate. And if you're not up to it, they can pollute you, corrupt you, very corrosive. I can't say that strong enough. If you think someone is threatening your salvation, run from it. Protect your heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Jesus talks about the heart. He says, Luke 6.45, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. So it's a lot to do with the speaking. 
You'll find people who, you know, are, are poisoned and they're, they're toxic. They speak it. They can't help but speak toxicity into every conversation. Is this cool? Matthew seven twenty. he went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them, makes them unclean. When I say defile or unclean, I mean what distance themselves from God. If you defile yourself and you allow yourself to be unclean by what you say, what you dabble in, and the toxicity in your heart, you distance yourself from God. You distance. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's being very deliberate with his words. And he's saying, what comes out of a person is what defiles, makes unclean them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Very explicit, Matthew 12, 34. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. The unfortunate thing is we're becoming desensitized to what the culture is saying to us, what the culture is doing to us. You know, we've lost this stance in God, this holy stance, that that ain't right. The plumb line says, friend, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, look, I've got a Bible. I believe in some truth. And you know, that, that stuff, that vile stuff that you're, you know, spewing out of your mouth, that is just not God. I'm sorry. But the Bible says that is, that is vile. That is rubbish. And this is what we got to do. We got to take it back to the Word of God yeah, and, and really protect your life, guys. Things, what they're saying, the cultures, what about, they're saying about sex and what it's saying about all sorts of stuff now. It's crazy. They say in the last days, there will be days of people saying good is bad and bad is good. Truth is lies and lies is truth. These are the days we're living in. And then we, then we have this propensity to say, it's not my responsibility if the society's like that, community's like that. It's not my responsibility if I'm watching TV and I'm watching people being axed to death and, and, and I'm seeing vile images. It's not, I'm just watching this, just help me. I'm just doing pizza and, with my friends and watching a movie. It is your responsibility. The Bible says you'll be responsible for every word that you say. I'm being tough tonight, I know, guys, but because I'm... You know, when I'm fasting, it's tough. It's a revolution on my body. When I go on water, my body's going, what are you doing? I say, we're not eating. No, no, you're crazy. You, we need to eat now. It's lunchtime. Come on. I said, no, we're not eating. And by the power of the Spirit in me, I crucify the flesh, the appetites of life. And I say, you're not, you're not eating today. I'm sorry. And one day is like hell, man, because my body wants to eat. My soul wants to eat. See, there's soulish appetites that we have. One of the soulish appetites we can have is for eating. Some people worship eating, worship food. Amen? You've got to take that idol down off the throne of your life. You've got to take sex down, romance down, money down. You've got to take down your identity in the world down. Your identity is in Christ. You're a God believer. All right? Take that idol down. We all are born to worship, but don't worship the world. Don't worship the things of this world. Put Jesus on the throne of your life. 
C3 have got such a heart for that, to allow you to be separated. God sent God's people out and he said, I want you to be separate from the Canaanites. Don't, don't hang around those Canaanites. They're, they're sacrificing babies. They're doing all sorts of diabolical stuff. They're worshiping Satan. And guys, this is God saying to Moses, don't let your people hang around the Canaanites for whatever you do. If you come across them, actually kill them. That was really brutal back in those days. Praise God, it's not like that now, heaven. Don't even hang, you are separate. You are holy people. Don't hang around those people. Love them. If you can, forgive them. But if they're polluting you, corrupting you, flee. Okay, let's do this. English, uh, English philosopher Bernard Russell once said, I can't hear what you're saying because of who you are. That's the big problem with church at the moment. We're trying to witness to people, but they know we've got one foot in the enemy's camp. We're, we're corrupt. We're, our, our testimony's not great. Who are you to tell me that? I know what you do. So this is what the church has been blamed for 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 ages. Hypocrisy. Okay, let's do this. What is the heart, Pastor Phil? Please, have mercy on me. (laughs) Let's have a look at it. PowerPoint, please, bullet, and this is the last thing I'll do. Let's look at the important parts of your heart, why you need to declutter your heart, why you need to detox your heart. So we need to take all those packages out, the woundedness, the hurts, the, the sins, the idols. Let's, let's strip this warehouse of your, of your heart. It's all packed up, jammed up with hurts and compromise and things that you don't have to have. You, you can lay them down and say, Jesus, I want to rid my heart of every bit of corruption, every pollutant, every toxin that there is. I want it dealt with. Why? Because you want your heart to be presentable to God and you want to live a life where you can really love people and really love God. So let's look at the heart at the center of the, the mind, the intellect, the mind. Why is the heart so important? When I say heart, I mean soul, all right? So we're talking about the detox of the soul. The heart, the, the heart is the center of the intellect, the mind. Is that up there? People know things in their heart. That's why it's so important. They pray in their heart, meditate in their heart, hide God's word in their heart, devise plans in their heart, keep words within their heart, think in their heart, doubt in their heart, ponder in their heart, believe in their heart, sing in their heart. All these actions of the heart are primarily issues involving the mind. There's another aspect to your heart, to your soul, and it's the emotions. And it's so important to have an uncluttered, detoxed heart because some of these things happen in your heart. A glad heart, a loving heart, a fearful heart, courageous heart, a repentant heart, the anxious heart, the angry heart, the revived heart, the anguished heart, the the delighted heart, the grieving heart, the humble heart, the excited or burning heart, the troubled heart. All of these actions of the heart are primarily emotional in character. Finally, The heart is the center of the human will. This is your decisions. These are the decisions that you make in your life. And some of of those things are like this. Hardened heart that refuses to do what God commands. A heart that is yielded to God. A heart that intends to do something, intends. A heart that is devoted to seeking the Lord. A heart that is turned towards God's statutes. A heart that 
that wants to do something. All of these activities take place in the human will. The unfortunate thing, we have a predicament about our heart, and Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says it like this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Well, the Bible can understand it. God can understand it. Hebrews 4.12, as Pastor Julie said last week, for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Psalm 51 verse 10, if you are brave enough, take this Word, the two-edged sword, let it go deep into your life, dividing the rubbish away from the good stuff. The Word will say we need to get rid of that stuff. Let's push that out. Let's give it back. Let, let's, let Jesus do with it as He will. Let's, let's retain this. This is all good. We can deal with this as a heart. David, the psalmist, he says, Create in me a pure heart. Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Once your heart's rejuvenated, replenished, cleansed, of all these toxins, and then you can go to something like this. Praise God with all your heart. Meditate in their hearts. Cry out to God from their hearts. Seek God with all their hearts. This is, this is the best version of your heart. Again, I'll start from the top. They praise God with all their hearts. Just love that people have an exuberance and they're just a little bit beside themselves and they're pushing their hands are held up and they're just, God, you're awesome, man. There's an exuberance in the heart. No holding back, pushing towards God. Second, meditating on their hearts during the week, during the lunch break, driving the car, meditating on their hearts. Crying out to God from the heart when your things are not so well, you're disappointed, dejected, rejected. Now you're crying out to God because that's where your help comes from. Seeking God with all the heart. Seek God while He may be found. These are the last days, guys. I don't know how much time we got, but this is like a classroom, this life. You want to be proven faithful in the times in which you live. You want to be seeking God. If Jesus comes back right now, man, what a great posture to have that you're seeking God, not dabbling in the world, dabbling in sin. Dab our, our perspective for life is, is so threatened by the culture we live in. The culture we live in is saying, now you need it. There's no eternity. It's now, live for today. Forget everything else. Don't go full on for God. You'll lose all your joy, lose all your fun. Go full on for God and He'll give you a, such an exciting life. Hide God's Word in your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Experience God's love poured out into your heart. That's a powerful thing. And sing to God from your heart. And the saints say, That's why your heart's so important, guys. Don't forget the plumb line. No matter what society and the culture we're living in says, no matter what Miley Cyrus and... Don't we love them all, but... Well, I just love people. You know, I, I know I'm a bit cheeky having a go at them, but I do, I do love all these people. I love sinners. I love them. I love people because my heart 
goes out to them. But I war for them. Tonight I went to war. I said to our people all day today, there's a war over your life. There's a war over your children. Listen to mums and dads. There's a war over your children. You've got to work a way into their heart and realize their heart. There's something profound in their heart that, that only God can bring out of them. And I know many of the young people and all of us have been misunderstood. All of us have been misunderstood by our parents. And they've not seen the worth in us. They've not seen the God creation in us. Let's forgive them right now. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But I tell you what, isn't it great to have people around you, leaders around you? Isn't it great to have God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit over your life, bringing forth the gold in you and speaking the truth? Let's all stand, God bless you. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.